Welcome to season two of Matt Make Zack Watch Horror Movies. Now you may notice a drop in audio quality compared to previous episodes. You see, Matt has fallen into the twilight zone and can only communicate through the ether. But frayed not, dear listener. You are still in store for all the same dreadful jokes, eerie impressions, and terrifying trivia. So, sit back, enjoy the show. Listening to DJ Terror on Radio Slasher. Today is day 542 since the horror bros have disappeared. But fear not, despite being lost beyond the veil, they still have wisdom to embark on this. This recording was dated October 17th, 2020, where they're joined by storyboard artist Jean Claude Delorant, known as DLR Storyboard Artist or JC. The boys learn a thing or two from JC about storyboarding for film and horror. They also watch The Shed. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to Matt Makes Zach Watch Horror Movies. I'm Matt. And I'm Zach. And this week we're joined by a very special guest who uh, helped me make him watch a horror movie. We're joined by the incredible artist, uh, JC. What's up? Hey, so JC is a storyboard artist and he's worked on some horror films. So do you want to tell people what you do? Yeah, basically, um, I started storyboarding. My real, my real first gig was back in 2010, 2011. And I had to fly to India. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, they hired me for one month. And uh, they flew me down there in Hyderabad. And it's like right in the middle of India. December to January. I finished 2010 and started 2011 over there. And the movie was for a action slash comedy movie. It was called, um, well, if you translate it from, from Telugu, it's uh, The Fly. At the core, it's a revenge movie. That's basically what it is. It's karma comes back and bites you, bites you in the ass, you know, kind of thing. So um, the director needed a storyboard artist. We were two, two board artists. And um, we did uh, roughly half half the script each and yeah it took it took about three weeks yeah just about three weeks three four weeks and um it was a really nice first uh, experience for sure i mean you don't go to india every day is that like a common thing to be flown out or go to like wherever the production is happening as a storyboard artist it depends on the budget and it's gonna depend on the um the uh the talent that is available in the uh the area that the production is going to take place so for them they needed a guy who had a sort of a comic booky style approach of doing things and they didn't have any local artists who knew their stuff well enough in order to satisfy the uh, the director's vision so it was cheaper for them to fly me out there and you know pay for their hotel and all that and getting the job done basically 
I've heard that a lot to that like live action stuff they mostly get comic book artists and more comic book style right yeah the thing is is the um it's because it's it's comic books and and live action storyboards are kind of cousins if in in a weird Mm. sense i mean um they're both treating about and how to depict the, the the human figure on screen or in comic books where where the strong suit of the comic book artist really comes in is in the uh, the aspect of storytelling and when they usually flesh out their pages uh, they'll use thumbnail sketches and that's where they really shine you're gonna have to learn to quickly sketch like I said the human figure and you know buildings and cars and being able to, to to manipulate these elements on your on the paper or, or on your Wacom tablet, and you have to be able to spin those those elements in your mind's eye and see how roughly you could translate what's in your mind onto the onto the screen. And if you're, you're roughly able to to show the director what he's trying to achieve, then all the power to you, man. You probably you probably have a gig right there, <laughs> you know. Yeah, Matt. You hear that? We're cousins. Hey, <laughs> Matt's a comic book artist. So hey. this this is your origin story of making horror movies, Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, like when I was in school, um, they taught uh, the storyboarding class and the comic book artist class like together as just uh, sequential storytelling. Well, that's that that's what it is. I mean, yeah. When you break things down, that's where the you know the, the storyboard artists and the comic book artists uh, really join forces on the same page is 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 sequential art. You know? Yeah, it's mostly just a difference in language, like you said. Exactly. And uh, to bring it back to horror too, JC, since you've worked on different types of movies, how do you feel? Like, is there something specific to the storytelling and boarding of a horror movie compared to everything else? You know what I. <laughs> The main thing I think is uh, in horror, you're gonna you're gonna have to play a lot with light and shadow for sure, and um, shot variation, contrary maybe to maybe other types of or, or styles of movie. There's a lot of uh, medium shot, close shot, extreme close shot. You know, basically framing from your sternum all the way up. You know, I'm not saying that you know a full shot. Uh, here and there won't be, you know, effective. But uh, when you're going to use that full shot, it's going to be more meaningful, you know. Then again, it depends on the storyline. You know, if if your horror movie is going to be like Friday the 13th at the, what the what, what's the name of that fucking lake there, uh, Crystal Lake? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you're basically outside, you know, and running half naked, crazy guy with a you know machete in his hands and just you know seeking blood, you know. So yeah, full shots are going to be a little bit more abused in that sense. But if you're you're going to be like my last my last gig that I did, uh, Metamorphosis, it was basically psychological horror, you know. But a lot of the scenes were interior scenes of a cottage. You deal more with those 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 type of close quarter shots. The, the way I, I I put them, you know, it's it's talking scenes. So you're not gonna put the camera like you know sixty feet, <laughs> you know, outside the, the the cottage when you're gonna have two people talking to each other. You know. Yeah. But besides that, I think what really 
what I think what really uh, board artists have to to keep in mind is the relation of the of the horizon line, you know, mm. and keeping keeping in mind the 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 shift of power that goes from character to character and where you position your horizon line. That's going to tell uh, your viewers subconsciously that who's in power in this shot. Yeah, I think that most most directors who are successful at what they do, they are aware of this horizon line, where to position it and how to, the shift, uh, shifting power from character to character and from scene to scene. If you can appreciate that in each shot and keep in mind that who has the power, you know, you're, you're going to be one step ahead. And I believe that. Yeah, the scene that comes to mind for me with that is definitely um, the, the, cells, the first meeting in Silence of the Lambs. Because if you watch, they constantly shift um, who is in like a low angle shot and who's in a high angle shot yep. in the conversation. And you just always know like, oh, Clarice has one up on him or Hannibal Lecter has one yep. up on her. Yeah, It's crazy, yeah. Again, put it on mute and you'd know what's happening. Yeah, that, that's the beautiful thing about it because you know, I just learned this recently and um, I wasn't aware of that before. And since then, it's amazing how every shot on every film just keeps popping me in the in in, in, my, in the face. You know, it's like, wow, it's so obvious, man. <laughs> but if, yeah, if no one tells you that's how it works, you just go right. to the film and just like, okay, I'm bored. <laughs> but once you take hold of that knowledge, once you understand the meaning behind it, you can watch, rewatch Raiders of the Lost Ark, the 10 first minutes. I'm telling you, you're going to be floored. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, yeah. oh, man, it's crazy. Okay, yeah. Now I understand why Spielberg was such a great director, you know? Yeah. yeah. Amazing what he did back then, bro. It's like nuts. And then you go back and rewatch Jaws, you know, when he's uh, sitting on, on his beach and you got all the people on the beach just chilling and he's like lost in, in his thoughts. But if you take a, a good look at his surroundings, the background, all the people are below the, his horizon line, you know? So he's in power. He's sitting, but he's also the the the, the biggest element in the in the frame. At that yeah. Point. So he's he he's in power. Man, I feel like I I need to rewatch every single movie we've done now. Seriously. <laughs> oh, it it, it, it like, blows uh, your mind once you know yeah. about it. Like, <laughs> so on that note, uh, we watched a movie this week. We did the shed. Yes. Shed. So what made you pick? Because uh, JC picked out the movie. What made you pick this one? I subscribed to Shudder recently. Good investment. <laughs> yeah, I kept seeing the preview of uh, The Shed. I said, what the hell is that, man? It's like, <laughs> goddamn monster living in a shed in the back of... Uh... Yeah, the trailer gives nothing away. I was kind of impressed no, but, with like, you know what? It's in, in the best way. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why I, I think that's the hook. That's that's the main hook, and it worked. It worked on me, anyways, because I watched the goddamn movie. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, when we when you uh, suggested this one, uh, when Zach told me, I was like, you know, I've seen this trailer for like the last year and a half, and I am really like, I'm yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have an excuse to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah man it's 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 the way that they approach the the topic and the subject and um it kind of created that mystery of what's in the shed you know why 
what what's in the goddamn shed and then you just you just can't help yourself man i gotta i gotta watch this film man. gotta open that door you like that's you know what that's sometimes that's the most effective thing yeah that's it it's it's the probably one of the oldest trick in the book you know but it still works you know and uh the way that the the tra the trailer was put together also i think it worked beautifully i really enjoyed the trailer and every time that you know i i had a chance to to look at it i really took the time to why why am i hooked on this <laughs> yeah i mean a, a good trailer is like a piece of art unto itself it's its own short film and this is probably one of the best one of those ones of those i've seen in like the last five years yeah 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 for sure man so kudos to the guys who who, yes. who, who did the uh the trailer uh nice job on that end so zach it's time for my favorite game show can you summarize that movie We'll find out. Let me get my timer up here. <laughs> you let me know whenever you're ready, man. Uh, <laughs> this is one of the ones where I'm just going to say nicknames for all the characters because I okay. don't remember. That. That's and the best part of this game, man. <laughs> all right. You ready? Are you prepared, Zach? All right. Three, two, one, go. In the dark woods. Uh, I thought this was a zombie movie. Surprise, it's not. We're dealing with vampires. A dude gets bit. All of a sudden... Oh, that's a real dumb vampire. He gets direct sunlight and just vanishes to ashes. But this guy is now a vampire. He hides in some dude's shed. That dude is a 17-year-old, 5-year-old for some reason with really <laughs> bad acting and dialogue and weird choices. But surprise, it was a dream sequence. Get used to it because there's like 10 in this movie. And uh, surprise, he lives with his uncle or his grandpa. His grandpa sucks, is abusive. He goes to school. He has uh, discount Killian Murphy as a best friend who is <laughs> a shooter, which is very jarring. And uh, he likes this other girl, but she's a popular girl, so she doesn't have time for him. There's bullies, yada yada. We get back to the shed. The vampire commits the horror movie sin that makes it an automatically bad movie in my eyes. They kill the dog. Not a fan. <laughs> they kill the grandpa. <laughs> I changed my opinion on the vampire, but uh, he boards it up. For some reason, doesn't call the cops, even though it would be the logical situation. Look, there's a vampire. Problem solved. Movie over. <laughs> but no, he's like, oh, I'm going to hide it. And then gets his discount school shooter, Killian Murphy friend to come over. And he wants to use it against the bullies. He's a bad person. And uh, all of a sudden, stuff happens. The sheriff comes over. She dies by the vampire. Uh, the bullies come up, he dies from the vampire because school shooter guy forces him in. They all become vampires at this point, and I don't understand why the vampire isn't just killing them but making them vampires. All of a sudden, the vampire sentient before he was a creature, now he's sentient. Yeah. The whole movie just changes. Everybody's spitting one-liners. The, the love interest is just like saying, Eat this motherfucker! Like <laughs> I don't know what's happening anymore. They he throws the best scene in this movie though. The sad boy main character throws a knife, and this vampire just steps to the side and goes straight into the love interest. Like, the Terminator now, and it's just like it's just like I got you, motherfucker, and cuts off the vampire's head off, and is just fine. And they don't address the fact that there's a knife in her shoulder, and the movie just like ends, I guess. <laughs> All right, two minutes, 35 seconds. Good job, Zach. 
I can't do this shit. <laughs> shit, man. That that that's probably my favorite part of the podcast because I get to yeah. try to make sense of what I just watched. It, it is Zach at his most honest. <laughs> well, I can't really argue with you on that one, man. <laughs> it's basically what happened, you know. I mean, for fuck's sakes, the movie could have ended so much quicker. Just tear down the yeah. head, bro. <laughs> right. I, they kind of give him a reason because he's like, oh, I'll have to go back into what is it like, um, like foster care or something because he's not 18. Yeah, but, you know, but I'm like, that's a real weak reason once two people are dead. <laughs> two weeks or something, he, he turns 18, so his situation gets worse. The worse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're still a minor. Yeah. You can't, if they had just never introduced like, Oh, should he call the cops or not? If they had not asked that question, I would have been fine with it. Okay. But they ask that question like every five minutes, and I'm like, the answer is yes. Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's it. I mean, I mean, once you start playing and going down that road with that those type of questions, yeah, type of question starts creeping in, and then you realize how fucking you know right. I sucks, man, because they could have just fucking go through the shed, you know axe-wielding motherfucker going through it would have been done that's it man you know problem solved (laughs) instead they could have just gotten to he calls his friend like they should have never even brought up the cops they should have skipped like two scenes and just gotten to when his friend gets there like (laughs) never even asked the question like from the main character's point of view would the cops even believe me because they address that of his best friend like look there he is it's obvious like he's not hiding or anything yeah Yeah. well and like you said zach like i shouldn't have to ask logic questions in my vampire movie but is the vampire smart or is he an animal yeah they switched that they flip-flop yeah because at the end they want to make fucking fright night but this movie hasn't been fright night the whole time it's been it's been 30 days of night like yeah yeah the main character starts calling the vampire by his first name for no reason right i mean i I will say look at the big brain on that vampire you know he probably eats big kahuna burger but (laughs) that's all i could think the whole time was like oh shit it's brett from pulp fiction (laughs) 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 i saw his face before where did i see that guy man when I realized that, it took all of my willpower not to tell you while we were watching the movies. Eh? <laughs> Check out the big brains on bread. <laughs> Why didn't they steal that one-liner? Right, they steal funny one-liners from other movies in this in this movie. Like, <laughs> and, you know what? What the biggest bummer is, I'm actually pretty into like both halves of this movie. I just wish they would have picked one and stuck with it. Yeah. Because I kind of was on board with like the weird coming of age drama where like, how do you deal with bullies? What if you what you know, what if like you said, Zach, like the school shooter, what if the school shooter had his own pet monster? Yeah. You know, like that's that's a really cool premise for a movie that they then just abandoned at the last act so that they yeah. can make a cool action. That, that was my favorite part of the movie. It, like the first half dealing with all of that stuff on yeah. top of it being a oh, I, it was like. I was enjoying it. This is a good movie to me. And then the second half just took all of that yeah. away from. Yeah. And the, the biggest missed opportunity of this movie is when Dahmer, the best friend who, who's the scariest character in the movie is a vampire now. Mm-hmm. Like that's your last act of this movie is 
how do you deal with your best friend being a vampire knowing that he wants to do bad things yeah oh my god i completely forgot about the like very last shot where he's in the trunk of the right. car for a reason <laughs> because now it's a weird action comedy now he wants to be sam raimi yeah but, that's it. you know exactly i i will say i think like i i don't want to be too hard on this movie because I, I had a good time watching it like but I, i'm really curious to see what this director does after this yeah bringing back i i defy you guys okay <laughs> <laughs> defy you guys rewatch it and take particular attention to where the director places his horizontal line like i said earlier and it's one of the the key elements you're gonna you're gonna find well sadly he doesn't know you know he doesn't know how to use the, the power structure yeah well, I think there are times where he finds it. Yeah, he finds it, but I'm not sure if he's aware of it. You know? Yeah, that, that's uh, a great way to put it. Yeah. I I I I went back. I'm I'm going back through the scenes in my mind, and seventy percent of the shots, from what I recall, the camera is a little bit, a little bit uh, tilted. So you're you're basically yeah. looking at the characters from a uh, an up an up shot. Uh, warm's eye view not that drastically but you know you know what i'm saying just a, a slight camera just so you know um, from going shot to shot to shot like that you're losing the effect you know right because it, it works really well in stuff like when Dahmer gets the gun and he's bullying the bully now it like kind of helps you feel like the off the tension but then it's also there when he's just talking to the girl he likes exactly am i supposed to be afraid right now exactly because you're shooting it like i should be afraid yes that's exactly what i'm trying to say you know i mean yes okay he's is he supposed to be in power because the guy the guy is you know is mentally and physically being abused by his grandfather plus the fucking punks uh, at the school i mean why do you always keep shooting shooting him like he was you know the king of the world you know what i'm saying yeah it doesn't make sense. Right, this this movie also has a problem that that most movies have in that the main character looks like a movie star but they keep telling me he's a loser yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of like the amazing spider-man movies when every time they'd be like yeah Andrew Garfield is just a fucking loser. And I'm like, I don't know. I think he just skateboarded in and kissed Emma Stone. Yeah. He looks pretty fucking cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this movie kind of suffers from that a little bit. And then I'm like, yeah, this guy is like the lead on a CW show. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean. Luckily, he's good in the part. Yeah. Like, he sells yeah. it. Yeah, he was, but he wasn't that bad of an actor. Yeah. His acting chop. You know what he remind me of? He would actually be a good uh, fill in for a younger Clark Kent. Oh, yeah. yeah. That'd be really younger good. Yeah. Superman slash Henry Cavill, but in his. Yeah. Movie. Especially like the, the tone of those, the, the, the Snyderverse movies where it's like, oh, he has to really struggle with something. Yeah. He could really pull that off. Yeah. And we got his best friend scarecrow young killian murphy um, yeah i really liked that actor i want to see him in more stuff well, no offense but he was the best of them all i mean oh yeah hands down you know he he he's the one who, who had the most uh, acting chops in, in the bunch yeah oh, he also had the most to do though like that's the other thing is they want to set up so much of like look how much this main character is going through yeah but then they never really let him go through it 
Yeah. They just kind of cut it off and have somebody get eaten by a vampire. Yeah. But you keep in mind, though, that Dahmer, his best friend, is more, um, he was more attuned and emotionally angry. Yeah. So that's why I think he really shined on screen. Because yeah. It's just more, more interesting to play. Yeah. And the, the main character was more psychologically you know traumatized but he was keeping everything inside so right or he wasn't talking that much you know? but repression can be compelling and but you have to give them a moment to like release it and yeah. this movie never lets him fully release yeah you know like one, one of the most compelling things an actor can do is almost cry mm-hmm. but it only works if then at some point they actually get to start crying yeah you know yeah like in this, he's always just about to blow up, but he never gets. Yeah, he never gets to the point where he, you know, you know release the anger. Which, yeah, which isn't the actor's fault. And like, I understand the movie's got to move at a certain pace, you know. But I mean, he did kind of get that scene when he beat the shit out of the bully. Yeah, well, that is the closest to come. And I guess I did love the bullies. I love a good Stephen King bully who's like <laughs> way too aggro. Yeah. So <laughs> they, yeah, he 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 did the role perfectly. You know, the the bully. Um, yeah. He just wants to fuck that guy, man. Fucking cocky son of a bitch. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what this movie would actually work really well as mm-hmm. is cut the last act and cut most of the scenes. That sounds bad, but like uh, like you. <laughs> um no i'm trying to phrase this right like rework the scenes so that like you never have to go to the school and have it all you could do this as like a really good play with just one set which is right outside of the shed yeah and all of the action happens there like that would work really well and also then you could cut a lot of the scenes from this movie this movie feels like a really good concept for a short film yeah yeah no seriously like if this movie was 40 minutes i would i would love it I think it would it would fit the it would fit the the the, the short film um, category for sure. Yeah, it would be ways to you know cut most of the the meat out of it, but still retain the the essential part. Yeah, and um, give it a, a, a maybe a slight uh, a slight twist. You have to give it a slight twist anyway. So, and I will say, I I know it sounds like I didn't like this movie. But there's only one movie we've ever watched that I didn't like. Right. This movie, the camera stuff was cool. The <laughs> acting was pretty decent. It's yeah. just the tone change for me is what yeah. killed Like it. I said, one more pass on that script, guys. Yeah. Like... Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, uh, I, I agree. I didn't hate the movie. It was... Yeah. It was... Uh, I I, enjoyed I don't it. regret watching it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not like I wasted like 15 bucks at the... At right the theater and just walking out of there is like fuck i got fucked man. and at the end of the day you know what this movie was like 90 minutes yeah like yeah, yeah 90. i can't complain about a 90 minute movie too much if this had been like two and a half hours i'd have a, a much different opinion of this movie i think <laughs> but <laughs> you know what i found while i went watching this movie I, I actually found myself asking jesus christ how long is this movie I mean, the way it was cut and the way the yeah. presented, it felt a little bit longer than ninety minutes, man. For yeah, there are some pacing issues, especially toward towards like the end of the second act. Yeah, but so I think that was pretty cool on their part, though, making you feel like you got more uh, for the money you spent. You know? Yeah. Oh, 
that was the movie that I felt like too. I felt the same way about this as um, High Tension, which we did yeah. a couple episodes ago. That's where, a like, good comparison. Yeah. Yeah. Where I was like, I don't regret watching it. And it was pretty good for the most part. But the stuff that they did at the end affected my opinion of the movie as a whole. Yeah. You fucking bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I want my money back. <laughs> Screw you, man. <laughs> Yeah, but like like High Tension, where I said like, oh, but then it's really cool to watch this movie knowing where the director went after that. Mm, yeah, I, I'm really like this movie feels like a great like it, it does what what horror is the best genre to do. It introduced a new voice who has a fairly distinct style, and I I cannot wait to see what his next movie is because it'll probably be better. Well, yeah, you know, hopefully it's going to be better. I mean, uh... well, yeah. <laughs> it's a f- May. That's not a super high bar, but uh, <laughs> no, my, I mean, uh, it, it's it's a good first attempt. If this was the yeah. first movie, congrats, bro. I mean, you, you can't win them all. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, but, you know, the viewers has a gun and we all have six bullets and, you know, the least amount of bullets you get hit by, then, you know, more power to you, man. You know, basically what it comes down to. So I think he did a pretty decent job for a first project horror slash movie. And um, I'm pretty sure that his next one is going to be, you know, a little bit more uh, puffed up, you know? Yeah, I could definitely see that. Because he's, 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 got, he's got skills, for sure. I mean, he's got skills, man. Uh, it's just that, you know, he needs to... It's probably maybe the, the time frame that didn't help him. Well, yeah, I mean, it's also that tough thing of, like, this was a lower-budget horror movie. I don't even know if it got a theatrical release, you know, like... Yeah. That, that just gives you, yeah, like you said, like a time constraint... It's things like like when we were watching it, Zach kept pointing out like, "Oh wow, that's some stock sound in this movie." Every single time the vampire made a noise, I was like, "That yeah, that's not a vampire. That is just a bear sound." They paid five dollars to use. Here's my point, guys. Did it did it sound good at the end? The rest of the movie did. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was all mixed well. Even the generic sound like was used fairly well. Yeah. Because uh, I was watching a movie, and I was I was telling myself, you know what, man, the sound production is pretty good, man. Yeah, it's yeah, the mixing was great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kudos to that. You know, I mean, good job. I mean, I was <laughs> I was not floored, but I was. It impressed. is a, yeah. It is a little bit right now, like talking about like when you go to see your friend's improv show, and you have to be like, the costumes great, man. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but what about my performance? Yeah, fuck. You were on that stage, friend. Like, oh. <laughs> oh, the spotlight, man. Yeah, yeah. You were, I can honestly say, you were the best part. <laughs> <laughs> my next one, I don't know which which movie I'm going to check out, actually. You know, I've got my, I'm going to another indie one this week for me, but. What what do you got lined up this week? I'm gonna be. I'm finally gonna check out uh, VFW. It's punks versus uh, World War II vets, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, Vietnam vets. That sounds like the most Matt movie I've ever. Hell seen. yeah! And the punks are on drugs that make them mutants, Zach. <laughs> punks going against World War vets. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw a preview last year. I can't remember the title. It was Nazi zombies on flying sharks with machines. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you remember that title, let me know, please. Yeah, and the sharks, <laughs> man, flying sharks with fucking Nazis. 
zombie. Hell yeah. Nazis. And uh, yeah, yes, it's Sharknado, but Nazi style, man. <laughs> you know? Wow. Anyways. I think that, does anybody have any closing thoughts on the movie? No, overall, it's like I said, I mean, good job on the directing uh, for his first first gig, if that was his first gig, hopefully. And uh, the next one's going to be better, for sure, hopefully. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, overall, the actors there weren't that, you know, it wasn't the cream of the crop, but it wasn't the worst bunch of them all either. So it was a good cast. I, I've seen more experienced older actors do far worse so oh yeah i've seen worse trust me man oh yeah not tommy weisel you know yeah exactly (laughs) yeah and who can he's the actor of our generation so well it's the thing i've said on here before you know what they made a movie and i didn't so like they're killing it like (laughs) you know they're out there and i'm behind the screen so (laughs) (laughs) yeah you can't say that you make a movie Man, so oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you really want behind the screen, so <laughs> <laughs> you know, I sat down with the director and I said, Okay, what are you going for in this shot? Oh, I want to try this. Okay, let's let's uh let's sketch that out. And once in a time, once upon a time, you know, I sometimes throw in a, an extra panel here, an extra panel there. And, hey, listen, I had a you know, few minutes uh that kill, so I decided to. What do you think about that? Oh shit, that's good, man. Yeah, all right. Chickling. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> points on my side. So that's one trick I could actually tell you know board artists to do is if you can throw in a board or two, you know, as a freebie, just as an option, optional shots. They do marvelous, marvelous work sometimes in. Uh, because of those optional shots, the the director might call you back just for that, you know. Yeah. Because that's actually uh, one thing I forgot to ask you. Because a couple episodes ago, we watched uh, Psycho. Oh, yeah. And there is the whole discussion on that film of like who really directed the shower scene, Alfred Hitchcock or the storyboard artist. Yeah, because that scene is so particularly like storyboarded, and he like did it a lot on his own and stuff well that's what i would say uh hitchcock normally storyboarded all his films before even filming so that's why one of the reasons he was able to pump out like seven eight films during a year because his film were already made you know yeah there's so ridiculous yeah so all he had to do is follow his storyboards board for board and the film was already you know edited so he knew what he was doing but if he had a, a an external storyboard artist on that film, I'm not aware of, honestly. Um, fuck, man, I yeah, was just a kid. It was um, Michael? I'm person's name is uh, Saul Bass. It was Saul Bass. It was. It was what? Uh, Saul Bass. He did a lot of Hitchcock stuff. He did a lot of like the opening sequences for Hitchcock movies too. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that that's the question for you is like how how much do you feel like the storyboard artist is should get credit for like the end product and like the vision of it well it depends on depends on a lot of stuff actually i mean what's the percentage of shots that he's working on you know on the film i mean if the storyboarded art artists with an s at the end which you know implies more than one uh if they all have their own you know, portion of the script and the whole script is scripted from A to Z, like I did on the 
on my last gig, my my last independent horror film, I basically storyboarded the whole goddamn movie all by myself. You know, right? And um, I think at that point, you know, you you deserve yes, you deserve your credit at the end of this of the of the the uh, at the end of the film. You know what? You know what I really would like is have the storyboard artist be recognized. To be to, to to be able to receive the uh, some awards, you know, I think that would mm, be a yeah. great, great step forward for us, guys. Yeah, because it's more recognition. It's such a small step. Yeah, more recognition. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Uh, because uh, we, we, you know, it's it's a hard it's a hard hard job to do. Man. It's it's demanding, you know, and um, not to take any credit away from the director, but we basically are responsible for the director's vision because we're the one who's drawing it, you know? Mm-hmm. So at the very least, I think it, we should be at a, to a certain level co-director, you know? Yeah. That might be asking too much, you know? Or, or at the very least, it needs to be considered the way that I think most people view cinematography. Yeah. Which is, which is, is, is something closer, yeah, to a co-director. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. You know, or uh, I don't know if they sh- if they could you know create a subcategory along the lines of cinematographer or just under him because you know we're drawing the boards but he's going to shoot it you know right and the director uh, he's directing yes he is but I mean the cinematographer he's the one who's manipulating the camera and the lenses and all that so. Yeah, it's debatable. We still give them separate and appropriate credit in a way that I I think we don't always for other technical jobs on film. Yeah, exactly. But uh, for all it's worth, I think board artists should have uh, their own category, you know, for now. 100% agree, man. And um, I totally agree with that, man. We should uh, get recognized or, you know, at least at least get our own fucking award. You know, the golden pen. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't care. <laughs> <how you're calling. laughs> Give us a goddamn trophy or a medal, man. You know, uh, we yeah. have to be recognized because uh, we're part of the, the, the main gears of the machine. You know, I mean, if that's I will agree that the stuntmen really deserve to be recognized you know at the award yeah. uh because they're risking their lives and i'm still fiber blasted uh, that they're not being recognized as they should i you know just it just blows my fucking mind i mean what the fuck are you people waiting for man you know the guy's sitting on a truck or in a car he, he's actually he's literally putting his life in danger for your yeah shit, man and you don't want to recognize him for it and a lot of times like the stunt coordinators and stuntmen wind up pretty much directing those scenes you know like yeah yeah for sure so yeah man. no there's there's still a lot of work to do for sure man yeah and i think that's a perfect note to end on yeah yeah so uh jc where can everybody find you hey um if you're interested in uh, hiring my services uh i'm on facebook it's uh dlr storyboard artist at uh facebook.com you know you can find me on facebook uh, my email is dlr. That's dlr storyboard artist at gmail.com. And um, I'm also on ArtStation. You can find me the same name, dlr storyboard artist uh, at ArtStation.com. So it's basically the same name on every social media platform. Uh, Instagram is the same thing. Um, all the links can be found uh, can be found on uh, on my Facebook page uh, as well. So 
uh, drop me a line if you're if you're interested, and I'll get back to you. That's it. Yeah, and thanks to all that stuff will be in the description of whatever uh, you're listening to this on. Yeah. Hey, I really like uh, enjoyed this uh, this podcast, guys. So if you want me back, I'm uh, I'm all for it. We would be more than happy to have you back anytime. Man. Yeah. Just, yeah. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. So Matt, where can they find you? Oh, uh, you can find me on just about everything as I draw paintings, uh, and you can find me over on Twitch where I draw sometimes. All you have to do is uh, drop the S and just look up I draw painting. Come hang out with me while I doodle. Where can everybody find you, Zach? You can find me on Instagram as Zach Shirt. But yeah, so uh, that'll do it. Um, I, I, we always end the show with a quote from the movie, but I, I did not write down a quote. I'm trying to think. Well, I think you're. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what was it? Uh, Die, you motherfucker! <laughs> As the Vox fades, we thank you for listening to this bizarre journey into cinema. If your morbid curiosities hunger for more, you may summon our horror bros at matmakezack.com. On Twitter and Instagram at MacMakeZack. Or if you dare, say George Lucas three times into a mirror for a visit from our phantom menaces. You may now return to your mortal plane of existence. Until next week, as Matt makes Zack sit through another chilling apparition. Mwahahahaha! <laughs>